Okay, now we're gonna go. <laughs> What's up, guys? My name is Donovan Alexander Beck. Welcome back to the Tangents with Soul podcast. My room smells amazing right now because I'm brewing coffee and I'm super excited. Um, yeah, welcome to the day's podcast. Sorry, I'm like really excited for no reason at all, but we're gonna go right into it. So today's podcast is all about a lot of mental and stuff, I guess you could say. Um, I want to focus a lot on the things that you struggle through, the things that you go through um, when going through a creative endeavor, just mentally, physically, emotionally, as well as gauging yourself, if that makes sense. We'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, gauging yourself and gauging your reasoning why you're doing this or how you're going about things or what your intentions are so that's a lot of it um today's podcast is super inspired off of a book that i just finished the subtle art of not giving a fuck by mark manson i shouted out last week in the podcast when i was still reading it but i just finished it over the weekend absolutely incredible book full recommendations from me check it out when you get a chance um, we're gonna be talking a lot about different things from inside of that um book as well as um, this podcast is also inspired by and going off of the most recent Mike De La Vela, um, the Ground Up Show podcast that you can be finding in the description below, as well as some notes from my friend Houston Craft and the guys over at Yes Theory and Seek Discomfort. Um, I have like a whole printed out piece of paper with show notes and things and I feel super super professional um but cool so the first one that i want to talk about was diving into um the mentality aspect of what we do as artists and just creators and entrepreneurs in general and the feedback loops that we kind of get ourselves stuck in over time of reacting to one thing because one thing is happening um in my notes i have it listed down as i'm mad at the fact that i'm mad and i always laugh at myself when i go through these stages of I relate it more to being I'm sad because I'm sad <laughs> um, sort of thing but we live in a constant state of feedback loops everything that we do everything that we are is super reactionary to the world that we live in um, and so especially in the book um, the subtle art it talks a lot about understanding the importance of the things that are happening around you but not the climatity of them not the fact that Anything happening around you is the end-all, be-all, what's going to be happening to you, if that makes sense. Um, we live in a constant state of feedback loops. I feel good because I feel good. I'm doing good because I feel good. I'm mad because I'm mad, etc., etc., etc. Everything that we do and everything we are is reactionary. With that being said, there's a lot of things in art, in entrepreneurship, and everything like that that you're going to experience where you have to gauge your reaction to it. Um, and I wanted this part to be the opening of this podcast because criticism is one of the big things that I get asked a lot of questions about. Um, just by my fellow artists who are wanting to dive deeper into what they're doing and everything like that. And, oh, how do I deal with criticism or things that are going on in my life, etc., etc., etc. And... It's the be-all, it's like the be-all saying, it's just don't react to it, don't feed into it, etc, etc, etc. But that really is how we work. It's, if you give feedback to something, feedback normally comes back, as well as it feeds into yourself. 
Um, I can't really list the amount of times that I've gotten other not-so-kind messages in my DMs or in my comment section of my videos, my films, everything like that. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on, but you deal with it. And you just have to learn to cope with the aspect of, as an entrepreneur, as an artist or everything, you are kind of, I don't want to say on this pedestal, it's not really a pedestal, but you're on this platform um, that really puts a gauge on you. And you have to learn to be able to understand and accept that. Um, with that being said, um, I wanted to go into a part of the book that hit me really hard. Because um, when I read it, I was like, I stopped and thought about it and everything like that. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, he's right. Um, and so this section, I just titled it The Culture of Exceptionalism. Um, we live in a society, a very <laughs> sometimes not so amazing society, where we really think that ex exceptionalism excelling in things and doing amazing in things should be everybody's goal and as I get older and as I get more into my art and everything like that and I talk to more people I realize that that's not really how we work yes media social media tv professionalism everything shows the top one percent um the exceedingly athletic the amazingly beautiful, the incredibly talented, etc., 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 and our whole system relies on the idea of being exceptional. But when we think about it, in a world where everybody is exceptional, nobody is exceptional, right? Um, it kind of dilutes the idea or the phrase that we're talking about. Um, and I thought, that, I thought about that really hard as I was reading through the book and I was really understanding that media does show how only the beautiful succeed or quote unquote only the beautiful succeed or only the amazingly talented succeed or etc, etc, etc. And they neglect the fact of the mundane, the quote unquote mundane or the ordinary and everything like that. And when I thought about it harder and harder, I realized that when you accept an idea as crazy as, I just want to be regular, it gives you a freedom. There no longer are any expectations. The expectation of exceptionalism no longer exists. And that, my friends, leads into our next point. Values and metrics. Um, I was having this conversation with somebody recently, and then I read it inside the book, and it hit me like a train, because... Most things do. A timer just went off on my wrist. Um, we're going to pause today's segment. Again, for the most beautiful sound in the world, we pour in a cup of coffee. So ready? Three, two, and one. sweet baby jesus that's beautiful awesome <laughs> um like i was saying i was having a conversation um with somebody recently about friendships and things like that and then once i read it inside the book it hit me and i finally gained an understanding of it values and metrics 
when we break down our lives, we understand that we truly, really are just a mathematical system. We gauge things off of something else. We gauge temperature off of Kelvin, off of Fahrenheit, off of Celsius. We gauge, dis we gauge distance off of meters, of feet, of inches. We, gain, we gauge weights by pounds and kilograms, and etc., etc., etc. We neglect to accept the fact that we gauge ourselves off metrics too. All the time. No matter what. It's what is your metric of gauging yourself, of gauging your idea, of gauging your dream. Um, it checks off really quickly when you think about it. Is how do you, under what values do you measure your self worth? is the biggest question and those values can be good and can be bad and you should always be trying to find good values to gauge yourself or gauge your ideas um sorry let me drink this coffee good values to gauge yourself off of curiosity courageousness selflessness things like that where you I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Um, hmm. Sorry, I suck at this. <laughs> um, gauging yourself under values that don't have a gauge or don't have a limit, a limiter to them. Um, often people are, oh, I want to have a white picket fence house. I want to buy a million dollar house and that's my goal is to get enough money to do work hard enough to buy myself a million dollar house and that's what they work for and that's it but here's the problem with that is that when you check off that goal there's nothingness there's a big difference between goals and values you should be value driven in your ambitions you should be value driven in your business you should be value driven in your life you shouldn't be goal driven goal orientation doesn't really curate value someone who values certain things will continue to work on those things until the day they die and that isn't something to be afraid of you should always look to be selfless you should always look to be courageous and curious um, I have a bunch of quotes that I loved, um, listen up, this, ladies and gentlemen, is why you take notes, um, before doing a stupid show like this, um, so here's a few listings that I listed down, um, these are actually from, um, again, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, um, examples of good value, honesty, innovation, vulnerability, standing up for oneself, Standing up for others, self-respect, curiosity, charity, humility, creativity. Those are all good values to live off of, to base your life around and ideas around. Examples of bad values. Dominance through manip manipulation or violence. Um, discrimination. Um, trying to feel good all the time. Always being the center of attention. Not being alone. Being liked by everybody. 
being rich for the sake of being rich, sacrificing um, small animals, pagan gods, etc., etc. These are not good values to be trying to live your off, yourself off because they end. They have endings to them. Um, your goal should not be to be liked by everybody. Then you can't really be liked by anybody. You have to understand that these metrics and things that you gauge yourself off of need to be not only realistic, but selfish. And when I say selfish, I mean in the idea that they are giving you a point of reference to grow off of all the time. When your goal is to own the next Porsche, what happens when a new one comes out? But when your goal is to explore the world or to live happily or to do something above yourself you constantly have something to go off of the adventures of our life and I say adventures in the most broadening of terms the adventure of our life is not about the destination and it never will be the adventure of our life is in the process out of the probably near hundreds of business people, of other artists, of creators that I've talked to, their most happiest times are not when their photos, their films, their paintings, or things are in galleries. Their most happiest time is when they are creating, and struggling, and grinding, and putting themselves through the paces of creation, of doing something. Activity is what creates motivation. Motivation is what creates inspiration. Inspiration is what creates a product. That equation is what creates happiness. In any field. Whether you're an artist or a lawyer or anything. The mundanity. If that's a... God, if that's a word. Um... The activity of everything that you do, the process in which you take your life, is the most memorable part of it. Not the large, expansive moments when you get to check off, I won a Grammy. Or my painting, or my photo, or my journal is now in Time Magazine. No. Yeah, those moments will be there for a few seconds. You'll reach your mountaintop, but now the next problem is that you have to come down. And when you're chasing those highs, those moments of success 24-7, you don't become happy. You lose it when you don't have it. You have to understand that everything we do is for the process. We want everything we don't have, and what we do have, we don't accept. That is one of the hardest struggles that we face as people let alone as entrepreneurs and business people and creators. The process is what creates us. Um, that idea is a story with it that I wanted to share. Um, it's about Pablo Picasso. It's about Pablo Picasso. Oh my god, if I can't get that word out. <laughs> Pablo Picasso prolific artist if you don't know his art you probably should <laughs> um 
Pablo Casco, one of the most prolific artists of his time, absolute amazing creator. As he got older, he never lost his art. Even into his older age, he would sit at coffee shops and just scribble and doodle. And one day, Pablo Picasso, oh sweet Jesus, Pablo Picasso was uh, at a coffee shop in his local town. And he decided to start scribbling on a piece of napkin paper for about an hour or so. A nearby lady was sitting next to him, amazed because it's Picasso. Anything that he touches can basically become art. She was amazed by it. And as Picasso finished, he got up uh, and began to crumple up the napkin. And the lady, this bastard, said, no, wait, stop. That was amazing. Can I please have it? The little drawing that Picasso made on a napkin. <laughs> and Mr. Picasso, in all of his amazing ways, he said, sure. For $60,000, I'll give you this napkin. The lady, blown out of her mind, replies, you just only spend an hour on that. Why would I pay $60,000 for it? And Picasso replies simply, No, ma'am. I'm Pablo Picasso. I spent 60 years creating this. And leaves. That, in and of itself, is the exceptional example the process of everything that you are is based on your continual growth, year in and year out. Value yourself upon those metrics, upon the ideas and pursuits that you take every day to make yourself you. If you gauge your life on how much you travel, how many people you help, your life is limitless. If you gauge yourself on how much money you make, how many awards you can take, then you're only gauging yourself on a small portion of your lifetime. Houston Craft, he's a amazing public speaker, founder, um, and worker alongside a bunch of different schools for curriculum work to make kindness more possible. Um, I had the pleasure of getting to meet him, becoming close friends, and going to get to see and listen to more of his speeches. And the most recent speech that I got to go to, he was talking about the 1% memory. That out of all of our life, in reality, we only remember 1% of it. 1% of all the different moments and experiences we feel throughout our lifetime. And as saddening and scary as that feels that some of our biggest moments we will forget eventually, what I took from that is to always ask yourself, what is my 1% going to be? What influences am I going to make? One of my favorite quotes, and it actually hangs up on my wall, is a business that only makes money is a poor business. As an entrepreneur, I want you to always ask yourself, what truly am I doing this for? 
The businesses that are only focused on business are often the ones that fail. Have a message to what you do. Have a point to who you are and be authentic to that point. There's a philosopher, his name's Ernest Becker. And for about 30 years, he examined how we live life. What we do and the reasonings behind a majority of the things that we do is a large, expansive experiment. And one of the biggest things he took from it was our goal to be immortal. Becker found that most everything we do is for a thing called an immortality project. We erect buildings to prove that we are here. We create religions to have an idea of that we will last forever. We have children to bring more parts of us into the world to live on after our bodies leave. We build businesses, careers, and lifestyles with the pure goal of being alive forever. We try to not die. We fear death in everything that we do. Reading through the book, that idea hit me really hard. The term memento mori. Remember death. It's always there. I feel like that was the one thing that Ernest Becker missed in his analyzation of our lives. Well, yes, everything that we do is dedicated to remaining alive far past our death. The first thing we have to do is accept the fact that you will die. Because when that is accepted, you have a newfound freedom in everything that you do. Every limiting factor no longer exists because the biggest limiting factor is death. So why live your life so scared of an inevitable ability of something that is assured to happen in an entire world of uncertainty of everything, anything and everything in your life currently is uncertain. There's only one certainty and that is the fact that you will die. So why not live? Why not start a business? Why not create something new? Why not talk to the people that you want to speak to? The girl at the coffee shop that you see every now and again. The boy standing at the bus stop. Why not speak to them? Because I don't know. Is the one thing that you know. Uncertainty is assured, and uncertainty is beautiful. Every business is founded on uncertainty. Every life is founded on uncertainty. So live that uncertainty well, because the one certainty in your life is always there. Um, this quote on that subject um, is by... Naval Rikant, or Ravikant, um, he was interviewed on the Ferris podcast, number 136, um, and this was one of his things that he was talking about. He's a 
prolific scientist, writer, curator, he said, the universe is a very large place. And if you have ever studied the smallest amount of science, you realize that for all the practical purposes, for all practical purposes, we are nothing. We are an amoeba. We are bacteria in a universe. We are basically monkeys on a small rock orbiting a small backward star in a huge galaxy, which is absolutely staggering, like, gee, staggeringly gigantic universe which itself could be part of a gigantic multiverse this universe has been around for about 10 billion years and will be around for tens of billions of years afterwards so yours my all of our existences are infant infinitesimal it's like a firefly blinking once in the night Nothing we do last. Eventually we will fade. Your works will fade. Your children or family will fade. Your thoughts will fade. This planet will fade. The sun will fade. It will all be gone. We are here for an extremely short period of time. And he's right. We are only here for at most 110 years. So why live so concerned on making that forever when you can make it now? Um, with that being said, I wanted to transition it into um, something that I was listening to on the Ground Up podcast today about breaking up with societal success. Like we were just talking about. Everything we do is gauged on some sort of metric. Most often, as I've noted with being to talk to other artists and creators and business people, those metrics are often societal, gauged upon what we do and what we've seen by others around us. We often see that society has accepted the fact that the most successful people are doctors and lawyers and people who go to college for four years, get their degree, Get a white picket fence house, have two children, buy a nice car, have a dog, pay taxes, and then die. That is society's deeming of what success is. And to some people, that is. But ask yourself, is that yours or is that society's? It's very often, especially now as I get into college, that I'm seeing a lot of my friends are coming back from their college experiences, understanding that They were gauging themselves on a different metric that they didn't believe in. That they wanted to be successful, but their parents and society told them that success equaled becoming a doctor and making over $100,000 a year. And then they got to college and found other people pursuing their dreams and ambitions, and that society's success was now changing. That we live in a constant state of change, and they were gauging themselves on different metrics now. And at that point, they realized that this truly wasn't what I thought success was. Because maybe your success is different from your parents. Maybe your success is different from your friends. Maybe your success is different from what you think it is currently. And that's perfectly okay, because it will change over time. Even for myself, my deeming of success a couple years ago for my business, for my photography and film... It was nothing like it is today. 
you asked me a few years ago what I thought being successful as a photographer and filmmaker would mean, I would tell you that I would get to work with giant companies and make tons of money off making films for them. But now, <laughs> my idea of success as an artist is just to wake up every day and create something that means something. And hopefully make money doing it. But that's just the hope. That isn't my idea. What I think success is, is being able to do what I love, and that's all I really care about. Whether I'm making $25,000 a year or $125,000 a year. Society will always try to have a say over what you earn and what you are and what you will be. But at the end of the day, you are the one who decides that. This is from chapter 9 of The Subtle Art. It says, you are already great because you face the endless confusion and certain death. You continue to choose what to give a fuck about and what not to do. At the end of the day, you choose who you want to be. And who you are and who you will die as and what you can do. Society will always be there to tell you that you are on a path of uncertainty. But I ask you to put cracks in the armor of certainty. When someone yells at you that going to be a doctor is the only way to make that much money, remind them that going to be a doctor is not what you were intended on doing. By the way, sorry as I get into my little philosophical high horse, I have nothing against doctors. <laughs> um, some of my very close friends are becoming nurses and doctors. I have nothing against doctors. I just, I use them as the most gen generic example. Um, but yeah, that really is one of the points that I want to make is the idea that at the end of the day, this is all we got. <laughs> I think that is the biggest point of this entire podcast, that this singular life is all you have. So why let society and everybody else deem what you are worth? And what you can be and what you are and who you are? Um, it's hard. It's hard to be an artist. It's hard to be an entrepreneur. It's hard to be a creator. It's hard to be anybody. But the easiest thing to be is yourself. To be authentic. To be who you are, irregardless of the fact of what it means. If you are a doctor, be a doctor. If you are a painter, be a painter. If you are a dancer, be a dancer. If you are you, then God be you. And don't do anything else. Because it is never about the hands that you are dealt in life that deem where you will end up. One of my favorite things that I've learned over time is that poker players sometimes have shitty hands, but still win the game. Not because they have a trick card in their sleeve or anything else, but no, a seasoned poker player with a shitty hand will always know what to say yes to and what to say no and how to deal with the things that are going on in their life to make sure they win. You keep the ball moving at all times. You keep flowing. Because at the end of the day, you are responsible for the life that you live. Not society, not your parents, not anybody else. 
their exceptions, their metrics and values have nothing to mean to you. You live off one simple principle, the do something principle. When you are struggling and going through hard times trying to find your art, trying to find yourself and create your business or anything like that, it is so easy for us to sit back and to say, I'm just going to go at this another day. I don't know what to do. Don't live that way. Live with the do something principle in mind. That whenever you're going through a struggle or a blank spot in your life, excuse me, do something. <laughs> do the most generic thing related to what your goal is or your value is or what your task at hand is. Do something related to it because that often gets the ball moving to what you're trying to do. For me, as a filmmaker, I don't always like looking at Premiere Pro at thousands and hundreds of layers of different audio tracks and files and knowing I have to do titling and things like that. I hate looking at that. But when I am in that slump, I know the best way to get me moving is to do something. It's okay. I'm going to work on one title right now. And once that title's finished, I need something new to work on, so I'm going to move to the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Doing something always will lead to ambition and to intention. So to my business people, my creators, my students in general, um, my college students who are struggling writing essays and things, I know it sucks. <laughs> it sucks really bad. But do something. Push yourself to do and create and do something more and more each time, and that will continually get the ball moving. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, th I hope, I really hope that made sense. I'm sorry, like, I just go on these like super long tangents, and I'm already seeing that this is becoming a longer podcast than normal. The last thing that I wanted to say, um, I was having this conversation with one of my friends, and then I heard it on the podcast um, this morning. Making money as an artist. Um, I get this question a lot, and it's always weird because I don't know how to answer it because I'm still trying to figure it all out for myself, etc., etc., etc. One of the big things that I was explaining to my friend was he was telling me how he was struggling expanding more and more of himself. He was making decent money, $1,000 a month, but he wanted to do more. He's like, I just don't think I can do it. I don't think I can make over $1,000 a month doing whatever I am. The one assurance that I want to tell you was that if you can make $1,000 a month doing a creative task, an art form, anything you love, really, you can make it $10,000. You can change that to become $10,000 a month. You just have to reassess, reevaluate, and recreate. And change yourself up and do different things and figure it all out. That's was one thing that I want to share as well. As I'm already seeing, <laughs> I'm running overtime with this podcast. Um, so, like I said, I want to do this every week: is do some shoutouts, do some artist shoutouts, people shoutouts, things in general. Um, to finish off the show, the first shoutout goes to Houston Craft at Houston Craft. All the links and everything will be in the show notes down below. But Houston, like I said, an amazing public speaker, mentor, person in general, hugger, 
making kindness and love more feasible and more understandable and more normal in our lives, I fully go, I fully recommend going to check out him on Instagram, Twitter, and everything like that, as well as his company, Choose Love, to have better guidance into making kindness more comfortable in your lifetime every single day. Next shout out, listen to the song yesterday, J. Cole's new uh, middle child song, go listen to it, super dope, everything like that. Second artist shout out goes to my best friend, my homie, um, just this girl has been with me through for everything, is my best friend Emily, so huge shout out to her, incredible photographer, um, as well as this person in general, based out of Colorado now, that's so weird to say, um, but definitely go check her stuff out, shout out to you, and much love to you, um, another big shout out to the Ground Up show by Mike, Mike, Mike Tiovela, um, that'll be in the show notes as well, definitely go check it out, part of the minimalist movement and everything like that, amazing work in what he does, um, next shout out for just being an amazing human being, um, goes out to Emily Castillo, 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 I suck at last names, I am sorry, um, but Emily is an aspiring photographer and has been looking, um, to me for guidance and this inspiration has been helping out with this podcast a lot and it's been really cool to see her grow as a creator, so huge shout out to Emily. Last shout out goes to, have it written here. But I can't read. There it is. Audrey Ember. Super dope YouTuber, creator, young girl boss. Just killing the game when it comes to YouTube. Huge shout out to her. All her information will be down in the show notes as well. That is it for today's show. Um, I really hope this made sense. I don't know what I was thinking half the time. But it came out and that was the intention so, I wish you the best. As always, peace, love, and happiness in everything that you do. Go have a good time. Say you love you. Say love yous to people that you care about. Give people a hug. Live a good life. Everything like that. Peace, love, and happiness in everything that you do. And much love. Thank you for listening to the Tangents with Soul Podcast.